The holidays bring the inevitable family gatherings. Many of us fear these moments in which we feel forced to be in the confines of those we are most vulnerable to. But what is it we truly fear? These flashing red lights and buzzing sounds of our emotional self are most likely a direct reflection of our own internal struggles than that individual that ignites them. If we utilize this perspective, these dreaded holidays, both past and upcoming, can be transformed into optimal opportunities to do our best internal work. And here to be our guide, once again, Alexander. Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander, uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. So, we've just passed the majority of the winter holidays this season, and we're we still have New Year's coming up. So, there's always a challenge when everybody gets together from your families and all those different personalities and different human design types, different destiny cards. Uh, when all everybody gets together, there's probably a challenge, a lot of stuff from uh, even coming back from your childhood that, that you may have to deal with and experience. So when everybody gets together on these occasions, it can create a quite a chaotic moment. Yeah, it can really make uh, a lot of people very uncomfortable leading up to uh, family gatherings uh, during the holidays, especially, but even just um, during uh, non-holiday times as well. And I see a lot of clients go through uh, this type of anxiety when they are gearing up to go spend some time with some family or they have some family coming in from out of town to stay at their place. I just see this energy get created. And most of the time, I like to suggest people to really take those opportunities to reveal things about themselves. And this is an interesting dichotomy of this is normally people have issues with their siblings or parents, um, even uh, people that are married to their siblings. They have issues with them the majority of the time because they're reminding them of something in themselves. And most people don't like being reminded of who they've been, especially when they feel like they've worked on that a little bit. So this is where a lot of judgment comes in. And especially when one person feels that they have put forth some effort to change, and then they can go through a time of judgment and say, I don't want to be around my sister because she's still that way. When we have to remember that how important it is to set this example that we keep talking about and um, setting the example is so much more effective than uh, teaching uh, verbally. And most people are very busy telling others what they should be doing or how they should be doing it rather than just exemplifying it themselves and allowing people to ask them. 
So I know that I've worked with, like I said, a lot of clients that have shared different situations and uh, different opportunities with me and changing our perspective and how we just look at it uh, can have a drastic effect. And I know that me, myself, uh, working with some of my family dynamics, I have a lot of uh, alpha energy in uh, my family, and that really comes in handy during a time of emergency. I like to call my family the superheroes. Uh, We don't connect a lot. Uh, We don't have a lot of intimacy, but when something went down in the family, um, everybody's available. And we tend to be able to communicate fairly well in those kinds of situations. So I am very thankful for that. But just in everyday situations and uh, talking subjects around the dinner table or things like that, we can all have a lot of different opinions and views. So a while back, I realized how much more useful it was for me to pay attention to other people's views and how it's affecting me rather than focusing on this need to share my view. Yeah, and I've, I've experienced something similar to you uh, with, with my father. I, and I think other people struggle with this as well. When you change your perspective, and this happened to me when I uh, found the spiritual community, I felt I was then uh, higher or high, of, of, uh, of a higher vibration than others, or I knew more, and I would kind of look down <laughs> at other people, including how uh, certain members of my family would act and, and uh, or not be conscious of doing, whether it was a behavior or it was talking about a certain topic, and it would rub me the wrong way, and I would try to bring it up to them just to talk about it, like whether it be like a conspiracy topic or something along those lines right. in politics. Right. And it, it, it would just create a conversation that was not comfortable, and you know, you'd go away feeling weird or odd with it, like gross en- energy. Dissatisfied, yes. Yeah. And then you know, I felt myself feeling not as close to somebody like my father if I had that conversation with him. And I mean, you did help me because we've had a conversation with this and you told me to just let those people be themselves. And if you give them the space to be themselves, then they'll be more interested in what you have to say. And, you know, I, I tried and applied this and I have to say that it has worked. Um, maybe maybe they haven't like come running to my door sure. to to learn what i'm doing but gradual changes but my relationship with them just allowing them to be has and, been way better and i'm so glad that you brought this up cuz this was the next point i was hoping to um to touch on is that when we we tend to know uh, our family very well. We know how our mother or father is going to respond to certain things, how our siblings are going to respond to certain subjects, certain topics. And not that we don't get surprised every now and then, because that's wonderful when that does happen. But the majority of the time, we can guess about 80 to 90% of how someone's going to respond to almost any topic that we come up with if they're in our family and been in our lives for the majority of our uh, years here on earth. So my point that I uh, was working with you in that situation was that, that that is like a golden egg when you are able to understand somebody and, and know what's, what's going to come out of their mouth as soon as you bring this up. And 
so many people exhaust so much energy trying to change that, um, trying to get them to see it another way and to um, think in a different light, so to say. And what I proved myself, and I think that you're reiterating here, is that when you use that as a tool and you go, no, I know my brother and I know how he's going to respond, and we accept that, which is a big part of the beginning pillars of this work, that that acceptance, once again, doesn't condone just because you accept what they're going to say or how they're going to react doesn't mean you agree with it. But if you uh, accept that rather than resist it, then you're already ahead of the game because you can prepare to not react and you can even prepare to not need to change their point of view in any way, shape or form. And this is a good, a great example of an opportunity to learn to speak your truth without the need of needing to prove that truth, needing to get validation because we, this is part of being the example, is when you're able to speak your truth but show no need to force anybody else to see it that way. And that is so much more inviting than someone that comes in uh, just throwing their opinion around and is very similar to coming in and drawing your sword. To where if you're willing to allow someone else to speak their truth and then you just go, say something similar to, well, that's a very interesting take on that. You know, this is the way I currently look at it. But uh, who knows? Maybe you're right. Uh, Maybe I'll look at that a little bit deeper. And that is a phrase that I've, you know, used many times to avoid um, conflict, to avoid confrontation. Because if you can just make an introduction like that and get out without any friction or any competition, so to say, then it makes that person kind of take note. And then the next little gathering you get to, if you're consistent with that, people begin to inherently watch the consistency and it becomes inviting. And would you describe what you experienced with your father, uh, something similar to that, that kind of technique and that approach? Yeah, I feel like from my perspective, I am creating more of an inviting atmosphere for them to talk with me candidly. I know that with my stepmom, whenever we would go someplace and and maybe we were alone, uh, she would open up to me and we'd have like these semi-deep conversations where she would never have in a group, a room full of people. But whenever we had some friction, that was not there. And so by, you know, allowing them to be more of themselves the last couple of years, that has, has come back. So, yes, great point with that. And what is happening here is people um, subconsciously and consciously play certain roles. And depending on who is around uh, can determine the role that they play. And this is why Aaron was saying that he's had experience with his stepmom to where they've talked about deeper subjects when it's just them two, but then not really talk at that level when other people are around. And more than likely, that's what's happening is that Uh, She might feel that she can reach a certain level of depth or vulnerability privately, but then there's other roles that have to be played here. And I I saw this with my mother, and my mother passed away uh, last year uh, at the age of 84. And when she and I would uh, talk, there was no limits really to the depths that we could go. She didn't understand it all, but she enjoyed it. 
And that took us about uh, 10 years to work out to where she wasn't in resistance, uh, didn't feel like the stuff that I was bringing to her was challenging her religion or anything like that. And that was important for me to get across to her and to anybody else, that this isn't to challenge anyone's belief system, because we, we are talking about how energy works. And uh, that's what we want to continuously bring this back to frequency, energy, vibration, because we're affecting each other on these realms. So when that person is more comfortable privately, then we need to give them the room when that changes, that dynamic changes. And I actually had the discussion with my mom and I said, Mom, understand that we have something that's very, very special. But when anybody else comes around, you go into that grandmother role or you go into that great grandmother role or you go into that mother role or you go into that wife role because it would be different even when her husband, she got remarried after my father passed, but when her husband would come in because he worked um, at home and from time to time I'd be visiting with her and he would come in and just the dynamics would change right away. And some of these things are subtle and not everybody notices it, but it it does uh, make a difference. And this is where, once again, in the human design, it helps to to show what exactly is shifting when these people come and get within, say, eight to five feet of you uh, to affect us. And so allowing people to play these roles and recognizing that when you're more private with them, uh, you guys have a kind of a separate energy. Uh, this gives that that um, approval or that appreciation of what you both have um, privately and then what you respect the role that they're attempting to play uh, when other people are around. And sometimes these can be very, very different, and some people don't realize that they change. And so lots of fights are created or disagreements and arguments because one person is saying, oh, you change, you do this, and the other person doesn't see it. And so uh, typically, you know, it's easier for somebody to project or see something outward than it is for them to see it inward. And I've seen lots of sibling relationships especially fall to the wayside because of this. They're reminding each other of things that, you know, they've they've worked on to heal, to to move past, and then you get around – say possibly a sibling that has spends more time with the parents than the other siblings they live away, then every time they get together, that sibling that's around the parents is going to remind them more of things they picked up from their parents, maybe that they've worked on. And that's where judgment comes in. And what I'd like to suggest as a an experiment for everyone to try is that when you start to go into that judgment, to switch that judgment from you know, I'm so glad that I'm not like that anymore, or uh, he or she's too old to be acting like that. Instead of going into that judgment, just ask the question, what is this person showing me about myself? And be willing to look at that openly. And maybe it is when you approach it in that way, you're willing to see that maybe you haven't worked on this stuff as much as you thought you had. Maybe you feel it coming up to the surface and you don't like seeing that. And so sometimes people will move way away from their families to not have this kind of influence. And that sometimes can be useful. But I also want to bring up the the point that you're missing a huge opportunity because there's nowhere 
that I know of off the top of my head that you can go to do deeper, faster work than being around your family. Uh, that's where if you can learn to do the work with your family, then people you work with and people you run into that are strangers, they become cake because nothing and no one knows how to push your buttons like your family does. So many people, even so-called spiritual people or people working on self-help, um, many times they will remove themselves from people that are challenging and there may be a time to where that is necessary. But I like to suggest go back to that uh, situation. You know, Rumi has a beautiful poem that says, try not to stand long before a surface that keeps your weaknesses hidden. And most people are trying to run from those uh, situations or those people. And once again, this is a way to lean into the friction, feel judgment come up, and then say, rather than judging that person, I'm going to ask what it reminds me about myself. And if you can be honest with that and you're truly looking for that, you'll bring in compassion for that other person. So what is it about family or the people we're closest to that is the hardest relationships to actually practice this work? The main thing that I like to point out with that question is uh, roles. And what I have seen is that most everybody in a family takes a snapshot in their mind of all of their siblings, their parents at some specific time. And with me, I happen to be the youngest of my family. So it's never really mattered how much I've studied or, or what I feel that I know or can share. I can always see that kind of looking down of like you're the little brother. That used to really bother me. Where now it doesn't because I accept that role. And I see that when I accept the view that they have, then it helps me to know how to get in uh, deeper or, uh, or easier. It's because the, the, acceptance brings so much relief. And that's what we don't, many people don't realize is when you have resistance in you, you're projecting an energetic field that's not attractive. And I've gone through many years of that, of even when I began my practice and just wanted to help people and trying to help people, I could still look back now and see how my energy was more intense than it needed to be. And so this is why even so-called good emotions uh, like joy or or expectations and, and uh, complete happiness and all that can be off-putting for certain people. So playing these roles and accepting that we take those little snapshots or others have taken those little snapshots and accepting that. If you're the middle child, then more than likely you're going to feel looked over your whole life. So there's going to be a need to speak up and to be heard many times. And and each birth order, you know, has different challenges with that. But uh, But the main thing is to realize that we are really showing each other things about ourselves. And when we can accept that people do hold us to these certain roles, then through that, after that acceptance is what I feel like you can truly break out of that role while not having to leave the family, so to say. And that's what pushes many people away is that their parents or their siblings or somebody in their family, even a relationship, intimate relationship, won't allow them to expand. They keep pulling them back into uh that little 
little Johnny or whatever, rather than being a, you know, 48 year old man that is established and blah, 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 blah. So pay attention to where we hold people in roles too. And this is very important when I'm working with, uh, with clients, with children, young children, you know, I try to suggest to start talking to them the way that you talk to adults as soon as possible. It builds a respect. It builds a language. And I feel like we don't give our young people enough credit for being able to um, process information or to be able to uh, learn to discern and make better decisions because I feel like lots of times there's there's coddling, there's um, whether uh, parents, some parents feel like I'm just the boss and you do what I say and it's that simple. But I've found that communicating and uh, what I experimented with with me raising children was at eight years old, I started uh, giving them the opportunity to set their own discipline so that I wouldn't be the bad guy. And that instilled in them a sense of cost to their actions. And so they might do something like one time uh, they were twins or twins and one of them threw the other one through a big pane glass window in the living room. And it could have been very, very dangerous. Uh, fortunately, nobody was majorly hurt. But, you know, in a situation like that, and I say, OK, what's your discipline? And uh, they say, you know, a day away from video games or something like that. And I say, oh, come on, man. You just about chopped your brother's head off. It's got to be more than a day. Okay, a week. And understand that to a 10-year-old, a week is like a year. And this is another thing in disciplining that most people don't understand that their time frames as an adult is not the same time frame as children. So, so changing our perspective of how we work with them uh, when they're young really starts to develop how we're going to be able to communicate with them when they get in those teenage years where the challenges come. There's a show, a TV show that I love, and we just got talking about uh, and using entertainment, uh, How I Met Your Mother, which is no longer on air, but you can get the, the DVDs or whatever. But there was an episode where one of the characters would revert back to how she acted around one of her friends whenever that friend came around. So it was almost like a behavioral association. So would you say that's kind of like what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, in the different uh, types that we do have a human design uh, episode gets into the five different types of people, manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And depending on how many of these energetic centers you have, what's called activated uh, that's when the centers are activated, you're putting energy out into the world. And, and you can get these reports, uh, just contact us and we can run reports and help you to understand this at a deeper level. So these energy centers are seen as either colored, and that means activated, putting uh, energy out into the world, or they're white, and that means that you're empathic. So this is how I help a lot of people understand their empathic natures and how they're taking on other people's energies. And somebody, the more white that you have out of these nine centers, say that you have somebody that just has one or two centers activated, then, uh, you know, seven or eight centers are empathic. And so whoever comes in to their field is going to dictate to a certain extent the way they think or the way they emote or the way that they enforce their willpower. And it's amazing uh, when you can see these combinations consciously 
And of course, that's what uh, Aaron and I here in in this project, we've been working together now for a little over a couple of years, and we continue to learn more and more about each other and how we share energy, uh, you know, during even these podcasts. And for example, he's able to affect me by giving me some throat chakra energy. He has a very powerful voice, and I'm limited in the duration and the power of my voice uh, due to that energy center being white in me and his being activated. So uh, so he actually feeds me energy while we're doing this podcast to uh, be able to continue with my verbalization. And this is how we can learn to utilize each other rather than and get away from uh, manipulation. And this is what people learn that become master manipulators they learn this stuff without uh, knowing the full understanding of it. But through trial and error, uh, they they learn how to um, work people, so to say. And salesmen, lots of salesmen have a lot of energy centers activated, and they're very powerful when they get around someone that has a lot of centers that's not activated. So once again, this isn't about better or worse. It isn't necessarily better. If somebody has a lot of centers activated, because then they don't have the same intuitive level. They don't have the same level of of sensitivity of reading things. So understand that, that everything is a give and take. There is no better or worse necessarily. It's just that if you are pushing power out, then, of course, you're going to be less sensitive on those subtle energy realms. And if you have a lot of empathic centers, you have the opportunity to learn to hone your uh, intuition and your uh, extra sense perception, so to say. So both of them have uh, usefulness. And when we can get together and utilize each other's strengths, uh, that's the vision that I hold on to, that we were designed to come together. But I happen to feel that when we come together consciously and understand each other's strengths and understand when to defer, uh, whether that be in information or in actual doing uh, there's not weakness in that. There's strength in that. So this is why I continue to hope that this information continues to spread. And as we work on ourselves, it creates more compassion for others and where they're at in their path. So I've had a revelation recently. And uh, in past podcasts, we've talked about my role in uh, some Facebook groups and how I was a moderator and all those journeys that I had. Uh, but the one thing that I learned through that was that When I took the perspective of I had to be an example for this philosophy, if I'm if I'm uh, somebody talking about it and kind of promoting it to my family, my friends um, on this podcast, then I have to live and hold myself to a higher standard without judgment, but to have more of a reason uh, to want to live to be this example. So. When I, when I took that perspective on with the groups, it made a huge difference because I was able to uh, just become a different person with it practicing this. quickly, too. I mean, yeah. you really adopted that and worked with it quickly. And so wh- when I brought up um, your uh, closest relationships, I've realized that my closest relationships have been the one place that where energy just feels stagnant and I and I've I've tried to move it around but I've have struggled. And then recently I was like, well why don't I apply the same perspective 
if I just take the same idea and I need to be an example in my relationship um, that I'm being out with this podcast or in other groups, maybe that will help. And I've noticed in about a week, I've noticed a huge uh, energy shift where I've been able to be more conscious when uh, being engaged in, uh, let's say, disagreements or, or things like that, things that are challenging. And it's, it's made a huge difference in my life so far in just a week. Yeah, and, and that's a very good point because all of these principles uh, should be able to be applied in almost any situation or any level of relationship. And that's what I was looking to develop was a way that um, that a basic philosophy that you could utilize, you know, no matter what the situation is. But we have to do everything typically in steps. And it is, as I said earlier, it is easier to kind of deal with anybody else in the world than your family or your intimate relationship. And because we're we're all looking at being judged. We're all looking at uh, being heard. And all of our life experiences, our family, the way that we were raised in our family, the roles that we played in that all plays, you know, part in this. And so that's why I suggest to people, you know, when you're getting in relationships, realize that you're really getting involved with the whole family dynamic, not just a, a person of that family. And uh, this is harder for people to truly understand when they live a long way from their family and they say, I really don't have that much interaction with them. But there's still all of this family lineage that's been passed down, all of the traumas that went on. And so that's still going to dictate most relationships and the reactions in those relationships. And uh, it gives a great opportunity, like I said, for self-growth when you can be around those people that may set things off in you and you just even if you just practice acceptance uh that's a great practice to just you know be around a sibling or someone in your family or even a loved one that has a strong opinion about something and you may feel completely different and to just practice that to realize that when you allow someone to speak their truth that does not mean that you agree with them but you cannot expect anyone to listen to you if you're not willing to listen to them. And so that's my first step to people that want to be heard and struggle to be heard in their family. I said, make sure first that you're listening to others in your family without this angst to be heard and see if you don't get invited more. Uh, it's amazing to watch this um, energy transference and how uh, that affects communication so much. Yeah, and going back to... Uh, at the beginning of the episode where you were describing a situation where you uh, were in front of your family and maybe they were talking about something and, and you wanting to correct them. So wouldn't it be for the highest good to communicate with somebody the way that you've interpreted or um, seen the way that they receive yes. on an individual basis? Yes, yeah, a great point. And, um, you know, part of being a... I've traveled and looked for, you know, wise people for for many, many, many years. And I've come across a lot of teachers, uh, a lot of smart people with lots of information. But uh, the true teachers take the time to figure out how their student learns and teaches them the way that, 
you know, they learn. And that's not always the teacher's preference. Now, there are other teachers out there that say, I'm going to teach one way and you either get it or you don't. And I've worked with some of those teachers and they have their usefulness, but it's very limited to how many people they're really going to reach. And there's no judgment with that because some people just want to reach a limited amount of people. So, you know, it is imperative that especially with our more intimate relationships or anybody that we want to uh, deepen a relationship with is uh, very, very useful to pay attention to how they receive rather than trying to force them to get it the way that you're giving it. And I can certainly say that I've been guilty in the past. And, and I always say that, you know, anything that I have to share that is useful, know that it comes from a uh, hundred or more failures so that's why I suggest don't be scared to try something different and fail because it is an opportunity to learn. But knowing that uh, these these limitations that hold us back from communication, uh, compassion is a big role in that. And so I have a saying to consider just viewing everyone through eight-year-old goggles. And that's not saying look down on them because hopefully you don't look down on an eight-year-old when they come up. But normally if we're trying to explain something to an eight or ten-year-old, we know that they can comprehend a certain level and we speak very clearly. We don't take anything for granted and we don't assume anything. And those are all practices that we could do with everyone we come in contact with. And what that does is I love watching people with certain age kids because they will – they will communicate optimally to that kid in that moment, but then turn around and be very dysfunctional to an adult when they're trying to explain something to them. And one of the big differences is the level of uh, compassion and seeing that they, this 8-year-old or 10-year-old may not understand what I'm saying, but that is the, that's the truth for anybody that you're sharing something with. So in that moment, typically that adult is trying to um, find how this child is going to receive this. And uh, that's a beautiful practice. So so just start working with, you know, paying attention to words that set people off. And almost everyone has certain words that set them off. And then be conscious enough to just not use those words or not use those phrases. And it's very tempting, especially in intimate relationships, because there's a lot of uh, underlying competition, whether people realize it or not, of Uh, Once again, establishing roles many times. So that forcefulness to want people to adopt to our way is uh, right now, we'll say loosely human nature. Uh, And so that's what gets all these fights and arguments going rather than carrying compassion and going, I'm going to listen a little bit more. And if I listen intently, I can hear how to get my message across to them by the way they're using their words. So it does become being an investigator. And I can't tell you how much relieved you people will be in your communications with your children, with your family, with strangers, with whomever. Um, but most people, rather than being interested in truly what the other person's saying, most people are waiting to speak what they've got on their mind. And so there's no uh, true receiving happening. And that's a very you know important point to, uh, to recognize that most people do experience that. If your underlining goal is to genuinely want to communicate with somebody, I feel like it's such a loving thing to want to figure out how they receive something 
so you can uh, use the least amount of energy trying to transmit those little bits of information to them. Yes, and understand that even when you start practicing this, prepare for resistance because, once again, everybody holds you in a certain role. They, they've they uh, memorized kind of the way that you act, the way you respond, just like you have with them. And so when you start changing uh, or uh, adopting new ways to approach things, uh, many times people will resist it. So the key to that is consistency. That's why you have to be consistent with your changes over a long enough period of time for it to kind of set a new pattern and realizing that many people, especially in your family, may resist that just because many people don't want you to change truly. They like having you pegged. So being compassionate that you're going to try this and it's not going to be successful many times before it really starts to set in and be successful. Because just because you change and you're doing something in a more compassionate and loving way, please do not expect others to respond or reciprocate in a similar way. Um, Because remember, anything that people aren't used to, they resist and they challenge typically. So in closing, when people are either reflecting on their time with their family or if they do have more family events coming up, possibly the new year, what are the most important things that you think they should keep in mind? I think the main thing is just that true intention to communicate rather than just be heard. And many people get those two things mixed up. But to communicate, compassion is there. Softness is there. To be heard is aggressive. And that's why many people fight much of their lives to be heard. And it is, once again, that acceptance, uh, accepting the situation, accepting the role that I'm in, and then to work toward changing that role slowly and gradually while preparing for people to resist it. And you just keep smiling internal, just like if you're working out, you know, you don't change your whole physique by just working out a few times. And this work is very similar to working out the physical body because you're changing patterns. So it is about the consistency and the longevity. And the true secret is, is that you can do everything perfect and some people just aren't going to communicate with you. And once again, when you run into that, check that box. That doesn't mean you have to stop attempting because they can be a, a well of practice for you. But the thing is to check in and make sure that that isn't uh, creating an issue for you, uh, frustration or anything like that. And if it is, then you know that you have some work to do in accepting and allowing other people to have their truths. So, um, you know, this is a an ongoing uh, process of learning to communicate. And our culture is very, very behind in that and hopefully some of the things that we go over or the majority of things that we go over in this podcast is to assist people in communication um, because we even feel that this has a big deal to do with our overall wellness and well-being and connected to physical pains and emotional pains and many different things so this communication thing is a very big deal and learning to not take things personal like the four agreements mentioned is very important and that is, with for me, the way to practice that is to go in with no expectations and to allow everybody to be exactly how they are because you already have a good idea of who's going to receive and who's going to resist. But be as, as soft to the ones that resist it as you are to the ones that um, receive it. 
Because the point is, is that we do change people's perception through example rather than through teaching. So be the example, beautiful people. Set that example. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander theme clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.